Welcome to Talking HR Compliance, a podcast made for small businesses. We're going to spend the next 15 minutes, give or take, talking about HR and employment law matters. But you probably know them better as those things you can never keep track of and are always causing you trouble. If that sounds like you, then you've come to the right place. Sit back and let our HR and employment law experts do the talking. Hello and welcome to Talking HR Compliance. I'm Jamie Lizott, the HR and Tax Compliance Solutions Manager at ComplyRate, as well as your host for this podcast. On today's episode, we are going to continue to discuss the COVID-19 pandemic and help you to navigate these uncharted waters. However, today we are going to discuss situations around remote workers. As we are all aware, COVID-19 has forced many companies to allow employees to work remotely which for some businesses and workers is completely brand new territory. With that being said, we've received a few questions on remote work that we're going to answer. So um, let's go ahead and jump in so I can answer some of these pressing questions that we've received. And hopefully for those of you listening, this information will be helpful to you as well. So let's get to it. The first question that we have that came in is, we didn't have any policies in place for remote workers. Can we set them in place now? Or is it too late since this is the second month that we've been working from home? Well, that's a great question. And what we always say is it's absolutely not too late. It's never too late, right? It's kind of like our our motto. Um, As an employer, you can establish new policies whenever you deem it necessary and you can update and change them as well. Um, Based on our research and surveys, it does appear that many employers plan to continue allowing some or all employees to work remotely as long as possible. So it's not necessarily just a temporary COVID issue. Um, Now, it is a good idea to have these policies in place for whenever you have the need, um, like now, obviously, or in the future. And that includes times when you're allowing employees to request to work remotely for a variety of reasons that are even unrelated to the virus. So again, it's never too late. Um, our next question that we have is, um, is there a requirement for exempt employees to provide a daily or weekly task list to their manager? Well, there is no legal requirement for this, but it is certainly a good idea. Now, checking in regularly with remote workers is absolutely critical. And doing regular uh, weekly meetings is really a best practice. Um, Even if you can't meet with the employee every week, um, asking for a weekly written summary of their major tasks that they've completed, their status on their projects, as well as the goals that they've achieved, that will help um, him or her stay on track and it will also help you manage uh, for optimal results. Um, And, you know, this is actually a a much better approach with your exempt employees than asking for their hours worked. Um, And it actually still gives you the assurance that the employee is getting all of their work done. Kind of gives you that peace of mind. Um, It is also a good idea for your hourly non-exempt employees that are working remotely, um, even though they will also be tracking their hours of work. Um, That way you can make sure that they're they're staying on top of those high priority projects um, and being as productive as possible. The next question we have that came in is we have a part-time, we have part-time employees, I should say, only working approximately nine hours a week um, who could no longer work due to schools being closed. Are those employees eligible for unemployment? Um, Well, this is, 
Uh, this question is really going to depend on your particular state, so where your business is located, um, as the requirements for unemployment eligibility do vary. Um, but what we can tell you is that unemployment compensation typically is not for this scenario, uh, where the employee cannot work due to childcare issues or other personal reasons. Um, rather, you know, it is typically for situations where the employee is ready, uh, willing and able to work, but the employer has either reduced their hours or laid them off. Um, but again, I do want to reiterate that it would depend on the specific criteria that your state uses for eligibility. So it's always best to contact an employment attorney um, within your area that can um, answer respectively to your state. The next question uh, we received is, if you have a no overtime policy, um, but the employees in turn, uh, they turn in their timesheet um, and it shows that they worked over 40 hours, what can you do as an employer? Uh, this is actually a great question. And um, you know we get it quite a bit, um, what happens when we say no overtime and they still do it. Um, and you actually may be surprised by the answer. I know whenever we share it is, uh, we get a lot of people that are like, really? Um, but the short answer here is, if the time was worked, you have to pay the employee for it. And that's even if the employee failed to get the overtime approval first. Now, having said that, you definitely want to address this as a disciplinary issue because the employee didn't follow your policy. Um, so you could give the employee a written warning, um, letting them know that if it happens again, it could result in further discipline, which includes up to termination. And it is really up to your managers to try and stop this from happening by communicating clearly about your policy and managing workload and expectations. Um, but obviously to avoid any legal issues, you, you, know, you technically need to pay the employee for the overtime hours that they worked. So very important there. The next question we received is, what if an employee had COVID before 4-1-2020, so before April 1st? And um, you know, good question again here. Um, well, the FFCRA went into effect on April 1st, so um, you're, you, know, you are not required to go back in time to provide paid leave to employees who were sick prior to that date. Um, so definitely 4-1 is a very important date when it comes to that FFCRA regulation, which is the Family's First Coronavirus Response Act. Our next question we received is, if an exempt employee calls out sick, does not want to work at all that day, and does not have any leave benefits like PTO, um, can they, can that day be deducted from their pay? Well, this is one of those narrow exceptions um, where it is okay to deduct from the salaried employee's pay, but you can only deduct in full day increments. You cannot do partial days. So if the employee has used up all their PTO and then they call out sick, you can deduct for the sick day as long as the employee did not work at all for that day. Um, it has to be a full day increment. And you know that's actually where a lot of employers make the mistakes, um, by docking partial days or by the hour. Um, and also, this exception only works if your company actually has a bona fide sick bank that the employee has already used up or otherwise doesn't qualify for. So you wanna make sure that um, you look into that too. The next question that we have, and we have a couple more to answer, um, our next one is, if our employees are only working temporarily from home, um, are we still required to furnish them with the labor law postings we already have in the office? 
great question because you know we get a lot of companies that think uh, because they're working from home it's a little bit lax and because of COVID-19 these labor law postings are lax well I'll tell you that the Department of Labor says the posters need to be provided to employees working at home if they do not come into the office where the posters are displayed at least three to four times per month so yes um, if you have employees working from home during the pandemic for more than a couple of weeks at a time, then you would need to definitely provide them with the posters so that you can make sure that they're aware of any of that, those regulations that have changed that are their, which are their rights as employees. And the last question that we have we're gonna to answer today on today's podcast is regarding the EFMLEA, which is the Emergency Family Medical Leave Expansion Act, um, is that in addition to the standard FMLA, Family Medical Leave Act time, or if you already used some FMLA, um, you can only use the remaining weeks on the Emergency Family Medical Leave Expansion Act. Um, well, here, employees get a total of 12 weeks of leave in a 12-month period for any combination of reasons. Uh, for example, if an employee has already taken six weeks of regular FMLA leave for a medical issue, and then they request EFMLEA, which again is that Emergency Family Medical Leave Expansion Act leave, um, due to a child's school closure, then they would only have six additional weeks of that emergency leave during that 12-month period. Um, so you want to make sure you understand that. Obviously, it gets a little bit wish-washy and, and, and tracking FMLA anyways is always kind of crazy. So um, here, this is in addition to that. So you want to make sure you understand the additional weeks that they are allowed and what they're not. All right, so that concludes today's episode. And again, I hope these questions we answered today will help you not only navigate remote work situations, but help you remain compliant while doing so. We thank you for listening once again. And remember to follow us on social media to stay up to date and make sure that you keep an eye out for our next podcast. We are staying on top of everything COVID to keep you up to date so make sure to stay tuned. And of course, we're watching all the regulations coming out and we want to make sure that we share them timely with you and you stay up to date in compliance. And until next time, take care, stay safe and happy complying. Thanks for tuning in to Talking HR Compliance. If you still want more, you can subscribe, review, share with your friends. We're available on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher and Google Play. Make sure you don't miss any future episodes of Talking HR Compliance.